Hello, everyone, and welcome back to A Priest Forever, the podcast for the Vocations Office of the Diocese of Bridgeport. My name is Father Chris Ford, the Vocations Director for the Diocese of Bridgeport, and it is a beautiful day. It is a wonderful day here in the diocese uh, because we are coming to you. Something has changed. Something dramatic has changed in our lives since the last time we were together on the podcast. You may not have noticed it, but I'm sure you or hopefully you heard about it. And that is that we now have six new priests in the Diocese of Bridgeport which is just an outstanding number for us. I mean, to have six men who are now going to be serving in our parishes, in our schools, in our communities uh, is an absolute gift from God. So we are just so joyful and so grateful for that gift. And having been in seminary with, with pretty much all of the six, I have to say, not only do we have six men, we have six great men. I mean, really just high quality men who are going to be great priests. I'm confident of it. They're, they're so open to the Holy Spirit, um, very prayerful men, men who love the church, love their people. And so it is really great to have them with us. And today is even more special here on the podcast because we're blessed to have two of our newly ordained priests. They are still basking in the glow, uh, so to speak, of their ordination and first mass. And so we're blessed to have with us Father Andrew Lafleur and Father Ferry Galbert, uh, who are two of our newly ordained priests. And so, fathers, welcome. It is such a gift to have you with us today. Father Ford, thank you. Thank you. And so, but we're going to start. Before we do anything else, there is a decision that every priest has to make in their life, and it's a very important one. Sometimes it's made for them, but hopefully we can get the chance to make it ourselves. And that is, what are you going to be called now that you are father? Uh, some priests go by their first name. Some priests go by their last name. Sometimes it's a parish thing. But fathers, what are you going to be called for? We'll start with you, Father Andrew LaFleur. I would like to be called Father LaFleur going by my last name. Excellent. And Father Ferry Galbert, what would you like to be called? I'm going to go by the last name as well. Father Galbert. French accent. French accent. A little French in both of yeah, those. Yeah, a little something. Yeah. Well, you know, so this is good. We're, we are a trio of last name priests. Uh, I, I grew up with it. That's what my, I don't know about you guys, but my parish I grew up in Naugatuck, but it was always last names. It was very strange when I got to seminary and started hearing priests called by their first yeah, names. Yeah, uh, same here, last names. Yeah. Yeah, so we are going to have Father LaFleur and Father Galbert back with us individually at some point in the future uh, to tell us about their stories and, and check in with them to see how their first few months of priesthood are going. But today is a special day. Today, I want to focus in on ordination. Ordination is, is right in the, the minds and the hearts of these two great priests of ours as they were just ordained on Saturday, uh, May 20th at St. Teresa's Church in Trumbull. So it is a fresh experience. It's something that they're really still experiencing, still receiving um, in a very profound way, uh, that gift of the Holy Spirit, that gift of ordination. And I feel like this is something that most people aren't familiar with, right? Until you know a priest personally, like as a family member or something like that, which is not many of us, um, you don't necessarily get to walk that ordination day journey. And so we're going to do a little bit of that today. We're going to invite, you know, Father LaFleur and Father Galbert to share uh, some of their experiences of ordination and how that's been for them. But we're going to go back in time a little. So one of the things that I think a lot of people don't realize is that while we're in seminary, we have to literally ask to be ordained. Um, we write a handwritten letter uh, in our own writing, in our own pen, to the bishop, 
asking him to ordain us, telling him in, you know, there's a formal text for it, right? Basically saying, we understand what we're getting into. We're doing it freely. Um, we've done our best discernment. We're confident this is what God is calling us to. And so we're asked the bishop to be ordained. So Father Galbert, think back in your, in your time, just a few months ago, uh, because that really is, I think, a pivotal moment in our lives when we, we are really are approaching that final stretch of seminary formation. What was it like for you to finally sit down and write that letter asking to be ordained a priest? Um, actually, I remember actually setting it on my desk at Dunwoody. Um, as you know, there's a, a letter for acolytes, for to be lectors and acolytes, and even candidacy back in mm -hmm. Fisher. And I just paused. I was like, this is the last letter. This is the letter. And I remember saying this to myself, texting the other guys, I'm like, bro, this is it. <laughs> yep. So uh, I just like took a deep breath and really write that. And, you know, and it's just like really just take in the moment, uh, read through it. And I was like, just recalling my first time actually encountering seminary back at Fisher, that everything is coming to fruition really at that point uh, to request to, to lay down my life officially and, and, and form a letter to the bishop uh, to become a priest. And uh, it was pretty powerful. Just I was really looking at every word like, wow, this this is it. This is it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 what my mind right now. But yeah. Yeah. Now, Father LaFleur, I don't know about you and your classmates, but like myself and one or two of my other classmates, we saved our pens from the aconate. <laughs> And wrote our letters for priesthood with the same pen. Father LaFleur, did you use the same pen or did you just happen to use whatever was on your desk at the time? I used I used the same pen that I've used for it might be for mm. since Acolyte. But yeah, it's the same pen. I use the same pen. And the same pen I used for when we I don't know if I'm jumping the gun if you're gonna ask about this in the future, but um, for our oath of fidelity and um, profession of faith, I use the same pen as well. Yeah. 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 So what was your what was your moment of, of what was your experience like writing that letter and, and signing it to, to be sent off to the bishop? I was a little, I mean, nervous in a sense, because as, as Father Galbert mentioned, um, it's certainly, yeah, you're, you're finally doing it. You're, you're, you're looking at all it's going to do. You're doing what you're seeing, what you're going to commit yourself to uh, fully to Christ. And it's it's daunting, but also beautiful because you know that you're actually getting to that point. I think that's kind of the. When I was writing it, I think my hands were shaking a little bit, but I hope the bishop could read my. <laughs> yeah, I did see one once get sent back. Say not really? because they didn't want to, but because like no, you really do need to write this in a way that we can read. It. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for all of you future priests out there, remember work on your handwriting. Handwriting very important. Now we will, Father Floor. Thank you actually for reminding me because I was not thinking about that. But we will get to the moment of the profession of faith and oath of fidelity. But before that happens, right? So we've now we've sent off this letter requesting, or this really we call it a petition for orders. Right. So we sent out this petition of orders and it gets sent to our bishop from the rector of the seminary with the evaluation and recommendation of the seminary that we be ordained. Right. We wouldn't be writing the letter if they weren't recommending it. Um, and then comes a monumental day in, in all of our lives, which is the day that we are given the call to orders. Right. Which either comes verbally and accompanied by a letter. Right. Depending on if we see the bishop or not uh, after he's he's seen our petition, uh, but always eventually in, in letter form. So, Father LaFleur, 
How did you first find out that you had received the call to orders? Was it verbal first and then the letter, or did you get the letter first? It was verbal first, and we got the letter uh, later. The bishop uh, gathered us all, the six of us, to be ordained. He invited us to a dinner with him, Mm -hmm. Um, and at that dinner, he gave us the verbal call and said, the letter's coming, don't worry, it's already signed, it's already printed. And then he also gave us our assignments at that same dinner. Great. And so what was what was going through your heart and mind as you received the call to orders? Um, thankfulness. But again, also like the, like the days approaching, there was a little bit of uh, more anticipation. And this is, I mean, I've been in seminary for eight years. So it, it was kind of like surreal that after all this time, you're finally like the day's actually here. It's coming. Um, and the bishop met with us uh, maybe like a month out from our ordination. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of that, that, it's imminence. It's close. How close the date was was really settling in when he gave us the call. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Father Galbert? Yeah, I would have to second uh, that as well. Follow for it. Uh, it's just surreal. I remember sitting at the table, and and I looked at Father Loman. I was like, "Yo, it's happening." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the bishop gave me assignments, uh, but there's a little. You know, uh, excitement, you know, mm-hmm. you know, anticipatory um, excitement that's happening at the same time. You're just, uh, it's not anxious. It's just like, whew, it's happening. Like, you know, yeah. so yeah, it's good. Absolutely. Good. And, you know, and, and you would mention, Father Floyd, like that was also the night you got your assignments, which was one. I mean, that's our diocese is unique in that. I think we get our assignments much, much earlier than other people do. I know there are some dioceses who get it after ordination, some who get it the night before ordination. There's one or two in our area, I won't mention who they are, uh, who they actually get their assignments at this. They find out their assignments the same time the public does mm-hmm. at ordination. Uh, so you better like it or have a really good focus. <laughs> Um, but I think this is a great opportunity for those who have not heard. Father Galbert, where are you going to be sir, beginning your priestly ministry? I will begin at St. Lawrence in Shelton, Shelton, Connecticut, part-time, and also at St. Joseph High School part-time. So Excellent. two part-times. Um, uh, <laughs> so, yep. But it would be great. I'm excited. Uh, excited for the high school. Excited. And I met Father Cyprian Bejan. Great man, a holy priest. I'm excited for, you know, thanks to really, thanks even to God, really, for this opportunity to serve the Lord's people. Uh, long awaited, uh, but the day is here. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And Father LaFleur, where will, where will we be hearing your wonderful uh, ministry take place? I will start my priestly ministry at St. Mary's in Bethel, Connecticut, which didn't come as much of a surprise, but it's a great community. I'm very happy to go back there. I was assigned there as a deacon and a few times as a seminarian, but very happy to go back to St. Mary's. Excellent. So yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of home for you. And, and Father, Father Galbert, I, I get the impression that it was not that much of a surprise for you either. Right, right. <laughs> well, back in the fall, the, the bishop did tell me um, that most likely St. Joe's was on his mind. So it was just discovering what parish would put me in. Um, he was praying about so, and he got you know he prayed and uh, the Holy Spirit's leading. So yeah, yeah, that that's wonderful. And you know, it's it, it I I can speak from my own experience because but that's the only experience I can speak from. But uh, there is something always special 
about your first assignment mm-hmm. as a priest. You know, it's in many ways like, okay, yes, you are ordained, right? But you still have to receive that gift in a variety of ways, right? It's one thing to celebrate your first mass, which we'll talk about in a little bit. It's one thing to hear your first confession. Um, it's something totally different to begin doing that on a, on a regular basis, you know? And, in a, in a, you know, I had this, this profound experience of, my first mass was Sunday afternoon at three o'clock at my home parish in Naugatuck. And Father Mike Dunn, who was my pastor, who was our first guest ever on a Priest Forever. He unfortunately had to go out of town for a family funeral the week after ordination. So I, even though I wasn't officially starting my assignment for a few weeks, I had the daily mass Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that week. And to go from your first mass in all of the circumstance and all of the, the pomp and circumstance and all of the to a simple daily parish mass, you know, 15, 16 hours later was a remarkable yeah. experience. Yes. It's, it's very, yes. Have you, have you, either of you had that kind of realization yet? Correct. I did. Yeah. Uh, well, so uh, at St. John's, I went to St. John's for Father Apostina asked me to cover uh, one of the morning masses, I think that was a Tuesday. And, yeah. and, you know, of course you had, you know, everything for a first mass, tons of service, great. Now there's not even like, there's barely a lector. I'm trying to get somebody to read. I'm like, really? All right, <laughs> we're gonna do this. Holy Spirit, come, you know? But it hit me, I, I mean, I said to somebody, actually, this is really the first mass where you like, you're it, you know? And um, it that really felt like the first mass, to be honest with you. There's so many things going on, of course, as you said. Yeah. But this is what, this is the priesthood. This is, yeah, this is it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Father LaFleur, so we're going we're gonna to continue with this journey towards ordination in the formal sense, right? So as, you know, we've gone through the petition, we've gotten the call to orders in, in our diocese, you happen to already have your assignments, right? But then, as you said, there's that last step, uh, of the profession of faith and an oath of fidelity, um, which you do in, in some ways, it's one of your last experiences with the seminary community as a whole, right? Because we do, we, you know, at least at Dunwoody, we do it in front of our brother seminarians and, and everything at the closing mass of the academic year. So what was that uh, experience like for you? I actually enjoyed it a lot. It was quite, um, because it was one of the last moments that we were together um, as a seminary, it was also a little bit moving, um, emotionally, at least for me, because um, we've already taken the oath for deacons when we became deacons or before we became deacons. So we're almost recommitting ourselves to the same thing. But to take that oath in front of the seminary chapel being as, as, as more full than it normally is because of all our staff um, there, it was it was quite moving because you're, my thought was like, I'm doing this, I'm committing my, or professing my oath of fidelity and profession of faith for them, for the people, because there were other faithful there that weren't just my brother seminarians, but lay people that actually go, you know, are from parishes and from the neighborhoods around here. So it was quite, it was nice. It was very, it was a nice moment. That's beautiful. So the semester has wrapped up and you're, you're on the verge. Okay, you guys, and we're pretty early this year in terms of our ordination date, which I'm sure you both were very grateful for uh, to get that out of the way. But, the church, in her wisdom, requires that everyone who's going to be ordained to any level of order, so it's the same at diaconate, it's the same at priesthood, it's the same for anyone who God calls to become a bishop. Prior to ordination, you have to go on a, a 
call a canonical retreat for five days. Um, and I know you both were very blessed uh, in, in, in one way in particular, right, which is we do that with our seminary classmates. But your retreat master, unless I'm mistaken, was Father Paul Cech, um, who is a priest of our diocese, who um, I believe, did he vest you, Father Galbraith? He did, correct. So he vested, the priest who vested you and Father LaFleur, the priest who gave the homily at your first mass was also the priest tasked with that final spiritual preparation of your hearts uh, to receive that gift of ordination, which is, I, that's an incredible gift, I think, to, to have that kind of a relationship with your retreat master. So, Father Galbert, what was your experience like on on the retreat? How, how was that for you? And what were maybe some of the themes or the things, takeaways that you had from, from Father Cech's spiritual wisdom? Yeah, um, well, first, you know, I just thought, I mean, I, we mentioned uh, with the guys for for the other um, deacons in the house, uh, I said this is Fisher uh, in five days. Uh, this is what we encountered every morning for reflection or in the evening with Father Check. But you know, he, you know, I think some of us were expecting to have some practicality um, um, of the priesthood, but for his approach, he said we have to go to the essence. It's from the essence because action follows being. And so to, to think about the, the stuff of what emanates everything or all our actions. And so it was pretty powerful uh, the way he you know, articulated that on the priesthood. Basically, he had different aspects of the priesthood, priesthood in the, in the suffering, priesthood with Our Lady. Uh, um, you know, he, I mean, it was like five different uh, dimensions he went through. Mm -hmm. But one thing in particular, he said, is the crystal form that we, you know, we embody uh, to, be, to become like Christ, not just in person or Christi, but uh, to, to be another Christ in the world and day in, day out, in and out of season, basically. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. How about yourself, Father Flor? What were your spiritual takeaways from your canonical retreat? I think the one that comes to my mind right now is what, what Father Check he gave many homilies on this in college, and again we heard, heard it just uh, just a few weeks ago. But uh, what the priesthood is and what we're trying to do, he gave the analogy of the the coal and then the incense placed on the coal, and that incense is consumed and burnt and offered to God. That that scent is then offered to God and also for us. But that that's also what we're doing with our lives with, uh, as as priests that we're laying down our life to be offered for God and for His his people. That was, I mean, that's, that's one of my favorite analogies he used in college. He reminded me of it. Um, but yeah. That comes to my mind first, but yeah, laying down our life for the people. Yeah. That's a, that's a beautiful, beautiful image. Thank you for sharing that. So as you're, you're making your final preparations for ordination. Now we're going to skip over a lot of things, right? So those of you, you know, we have to decide on, we have invitations and where's our reception going to be and all of those logistical things, not unlike planning a wedding, um, right, seating arrangements and, and all that kind of stuff for the receptions and all of those fun things. They happen. People know they happen. They know what that's like because they've all had parties and things like that before. But I want to um, – we just touched on it briefly for a moment. Um, but there are two very special selections, I guess you could say, that a priest has to make for the weekend of his ordination. Um, two roles – um, that are meant to be played in many cases by someone else. 
And that is the priest who will vest us as a priest during our ordination, right? So as part of the rite of ordination, after the laying on of hands, after the, the prayer of ordination, a brother priest comes and helps us change our, you know, takes off the diaconal stole and, and helps us put on the, the, the priestly stole and chasuble for the first time. And then very often, traditionally, another priest will preach the first mass. Um, of a priest uh, for a variety of reasons. One, as Father Check mentioned uh, in, in Father LaFleur's homily, uh, it, it is a logistical thing. It's one less thing you have to worry about. <laughs> but spiritually, there's also the reality of, of an opportunity for a, a brother priest, a mentor, so to speak, um, to share his wisdom on what priesthood is and, and just a little bit more inspiration uh, about that. So, um, you know, if who so just to tell us a little bit about um who vested you and who preached your respective first masses and how did you come uh to the decision on who that would be um i'll start with uh with you father lafleur um the priest that vested me is um his name is father lapistina he's the actually the pastor of fairy's home parish at the moment um and i came to that decision because he was he was my spiritual director in college um, and then after that time, and also through that time, uh, I was assigned to his parish at one point, and then now we're just four, well, yeah, eight years later, he's not been my spiritual director for four years, we've become good friends, he's one of my closest priest friends, we, we speak a lot, he knows me, yeah. um, so I wanted to ask him to do it. And then, yeah, Father, as you mentioned, Father Father Paul Check preached my uh, homily, the homily at my first Mass, and yeah, that was just a Thanksgiving um, to him for all the I, I think I had a really good time in college seminary and received a lot of information. I thought it was a very formative time. And um, I asked Father Check to do it because I was trying to figure it out. And I said, I should just ask him. He's not going to talk about me much. I'll give a good homily about the priesthood and that'll be it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And, and you, Father Galbert? Yeah, Father Paul Check vested me. And I've known Father Check for about 20 years now. Uh, one of the first priests I first encountered uh, when I came to the U.S. at St. John's. Uh, he also was my confirmation sponsor. So, yeah. So, you know, we've got a long history, and even throughout, even major seminary, every other time, and now he would reach out, how's it going? And reach out, how's the brothers? You know, he would, you know, he's just a good man. Uh, he's very reflective. It's just uh, his way of reflection and the homilies is just really... Uh, generative and of course so I had that this is this is the man I had to choose and father uh, Joel Gill so when I was entering seminary I had my application for a while uh, from met with father Cronin but I held it for like two months like you know pretty much like cold feet pretty much like uh, do I want to do this or not and I invited him to come and speak to a youth group at the Haitian Community Center on Hope Street at the time and I'm chaperoning with the other staff. I'm sitting in the back and he's doing the mass. And he was just like so filled with conviction as he was preaching mm. and spoke directly to me at that time. And I knew like, I got to fill this out. He didn't find about this till two years ago, actually. So uh, the impact he made at the time, I, I did not share that. Um, and yeah, so and gratitude and he gave an excellent homily as well you know um, for my first mass um it was you know basically yeah it was really good that's, yeah. 
That's beautiful. Those are and wonderful choices, I have to say. I mean, I was I had the privilege of attending both of your uh, first masses, and I thought both uh, Father Check and Father Gill both gave I thought excellent. Yeah, ideas. Um, really beautiful. So, uh, well, bravo on your choices. Uh, very well, very well thought out. Very, uh, very wise and, and prudent uh, decisions. So now, okay, a lot. The preparation's been done, and all of those things. So now I want to get into ordination weekends um, and what that was was like, which really begins Friday evening, right? Uh, you um, you have rehearsal at the cathedral, followed by a dinner with the bishop and priests and family and all those kinds of things, uh, and then you go off. So why don't we start with 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 that Friday evening uh, of anticipation, uh, so to speak, going through. The rehearsal and the dinner and all and all of those sorts of things. What were some things that that maybe stuck out to you, or what was going through your mind and your heart um, as you went through those kinds of experiences on Friday evening? Um, well, even during the practice, you know, we said to ourselves, "Okay, we're, we we did this last year, but a few parts are different, right?" And no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, already there's again that your heart is already like beaten a certain way. I'm like, it's only Friday, bro. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> but, um, it, it was powerful already anticipating that. And, uh, the dinner with the Bishop was awesome. There were so many people there. It was just, just a room filled with just, you know, electricity, power and, and life and joy. Uh, really powerful. And we had a few guests that we honored to, to, to eat with us with the Bishop. So it was beautiful. Yeah, I'm, Father Galbert uh, has said, yeah, there's just a lot of energy. Um, you're going to this, um, you're going through the mass uh, and you're just like, okay, it's the next day, it's the next day. And then after a while, like, all right, I'm ready. And then you're not. And then you go back and forth. <laughs> um, it was, it was nice. Yeah. Going through that right and having a uh, deacon uh, tool, reading it, reading through it with us. Cause we've already looked over the right before um, played with it. But then the day before hearing again, what we're going to, promise and what we're actually going to do um, and a little more of a clear mind versus like the ordination day when everything's crazy, but it was good to, to hear those things, those promises and go through the right and see what we're actually going to be doing. And, and the dinner was fun. Yeah. It was a, a lot of good energy. Um, a lot of everyone was happy, thankfully. Um, but it was, it was just a good, it was a good evening. Yeah. And we got to honor family members and other priests that came. It was, it was very happy, happy night. Did you sleep Friday night? Um, I got to sleep. It wasn't. It, it took a while for me to get to sleep, but then I did sleep because uh, you're going through everything in your head and making sure everything's in place. And uh, yeah, it took me a while to get to sleep. It was like the adrenaline thing. My heart was going too much, and but then I finally got to sleep and I was fine. Thank God. But, yes, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Father Galbert, how, how did you sleep Friday night? <laughs> Where did we? Did we lose him for a second? We may have. He'll come back to us. I'm sure. <laughs> like Jesus, Father Clary will come back. Uh, <laughs> so, Father LaFleur, then, so as you, um, whenever you woke up on on Saturday morning, uh, which, you know, my guess was probably a lot earlier than you anticipated uh, waking up on, on Saturday morning, what, between the hour of whenever you got up and 11 a.m. when you, when you began to walk, uh, down the aisle of St. Teresa's Church, what uh, what was what was going through yourself? What did you do, 
and and where were where was your heart that morning? Um, well, as I was getting ready, you need to do all the things you got to do: shave your face, comb your hair, all that fun stuff necessary, especially for a day like that. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a crunch for time because it was also the, the weather wasn't great, but it, we still got through it. Um, but it was good when I finally I tried to get to the church a little earlier because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to really pray well at home right before this because also I'm running around, my family's running around. Sure. Um, so and thankfully St. Teresa's has a, a, a chapel separate from the church where the Blessed Sacrament is exposed. Mm -hmm. So it was um, when I got to the church, got there a little early, Deacon Tool wanted us there at 10.15. So I tried to get there around 9.15. I don't remember exactly when. There may have been a little traffic with all the weather. But um, yeah, that was from that moment, did some prayers, said, spent some time in prayer in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, went over, got vested. Um, then everyone else was arriving, all the other deacons at that point, our class, my classmates. And then we lined up and then we got going. And then it was just like, then, then everything happened very quickly. But. Yeah, it's I, I recall a little bit from my own, this feeling of like, it was like, hurry up and then wait. Like there's this almost like, almost anti-climax, so to speak, of the hour or two before the mass begins. Because like, you're trying to get there and you get ready and then you're just like, it now like <laughs> like you're just you're just like waiting for it to begin um so uh you know father galbert i noticed uh that you know first of all welcome back as promised thank you you know as jesus will come back so will father fairy and we were right so that's why you should believe in jesus everyone that's it um, <laughs> but, um, more importantly, like I noticed, for example, you had, you stole away for a few moments uh, to a seat in the sanctuary um, to get some prayer in there. Um, so what was what was going through your your mind and heart as you were leading up to that that moment when you would actually vest and, and begin the ordination mass? How was that morning for you? Yeah, um, basically, I, I, you know, my prayer at the time was just Lord. Here I am, you know, um, uh, make an instrument of me for you, uh, for your will, to, to have your heart, uh, to understand your people. Um, that was basically my prayer and asking Our Lady to to really surround us and under her mantle uh, and, and the world that we are about to embark in to, to, to evangelize. Um, yeah, just really just, just being receptive really to what the Lord's plans are and um, being aware there's the greater reality beyond us that's about to happen. Good. Yeah. So great. And now we, as we move into um, the ordination mass, one of my, one of my personal favorite things about the right of ordination is that we don't begin in the sanctuary, right? We begin uh -huh. in, in literally sitting with our families, um, which I think is really powerful symbolism, right? Because, not only are priests raised up from their churches, but we come from our families. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, for me personally, I remember um, to be sitting next to my mom, uh, you know, before my name was called was like, it just, it was the story of my life, right? I mean, sitting next to mom and dad yeah. right at, at Sunday mass. Um, and then, um, you know, mass begins pretty much as normal, right? It's, it's incredibly normal in a lot of ways, right? Uh, and then we're called forward. Um, and, and it, and from there, it just, it runs its course, right? I mean, I, you know, we talked about, I mean, I, from the moment your name gets called to the moment you're sitting down, yeah. the offertory is, 
it's like an hour, but it, t- it feels like about six minutes. I- <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, Father Galbert, when you when you finally heard your name called and you stand up and you verbalize, in a sense, the prayer you were praying before. Right. You, mm-hmm. you know, that here I am prayer and you stand up and say present mm-hmm. um, and then you're off to the races, uh, so to speak. So what stands out to you? What was your state of mind uh, during the actual ritual rite of ordination itself? What was maybe the most moving part for you? What part mm-hmm. did you kind of black out through? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what what happened yeah. inside your heart and mind literally in the moments you became a priest yeah um during the actual right my heart was racing uh beating and but there's a certain joy at the same time accompanying it um and all together uh just what stood out for me is when i lay prostrate and listen to the saint that of the saints and and each time i hear the saint, i'm like yeah pray for me pray for us yeah but one memory that came back to me is the first time, um, uh, I mean, for my first communion. Mm-hmm. I just remember that, I just went back to my childhood the first time I, you know, I was going through Eucharist, you know, Eucharistic class for, for first communion, and uh, you're about to receive Jesus in a way. I'm like, yeah. you're receiving Jesus in a whole different level, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is very true. So it, it was powerful and also just very humbling. Um, yeah, and another part too, uh, when, um, so two parts, two other things, when Father Check came and vested me, and uh, he passed by, then, you know, we greeted each other, simple, but when he comes back for the sign of the peace, he says, congratulations, Father, and looked at me dead in the eyes and walked away, I was like, it just hits, I was like, wow, it's just like the handing on that St. Paul talks over, talks about uh, so that was powerful. And then all the other priests, you know, at the sign of the peace, that was just powerful. I, there's no words, no words that could put that, you know, put that into, you know, to describe that moment. Yeah. How about yourself, Father LaFleur? What was the moment of ordination like for you? Um, the thing that hit me the most uh, was when, again, lying on the ground. It always is a big moment. Uh, first, of all, I was trying not to cry is a big part of it, um, at least for me. Uh, especially hearing the saints that you, the diocese asked us if, you, if we have any saints you want to include in the litany. Um, so then they asked us to give three, so we all gave three. And then hearing those saints, it kind of, it, it hits different because like, of course, we're praying for the, the whole entire church and all the saints are praying for you, but then those are those saints that you have a specific relationship with. Yeah. Um, that's very moving. But I just remember, I, I, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes a very nervous person. I mean, these two, these two priests can certainly tell right. that. <laughs> My brothers who have known me for so long, um, and you know, going into yeah, I had nerves, but laying down on the ground, um, I just uh, it was just a, a great sense of peace. Like I wasn't nervous; I knew what I was doing. Um, it wasn't my work, but um, but I was you know laying down my life for, for the church and for for God. So that was a, a a nice moment. That just that piece of it, like I felt that sense that like God saying you're supposed to be here, which. Yeah. I mean, Thankfully, I think we discerned well. (laughs) Here we are. And so who were the three saints that you had added to the litany? I added, um, I could be wrong. Hopefully I don't forget. Uh, Definitely St. Anne. She's my my, my home parish. Um, I added the saint of the day that we were ordained on. St. Bernadine of Siena. 
Um, and who was my third? St. Therese is big with me, but I know she's already in the litany. Yeah. Um, I think she actually was mentioned twice. I thought I heard her name twice in the litany. Oh, um, and then, Therese's and Teresa's, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I remember it's, um, the third I put in was uh, Blessed Michael uh, McGivney, Michael mm-hmm. J. McGivney, which I have a special relationship with even since I was a boy. I mean, yeah. I'm, still, I'm still very young, but um, when the Knights of Columbus still had their Knights of, or their Squire program, which is like the yeah. program they had for the youth, mm-hmm. uh, specifically boys, we would go to New Haven every year for our state convention or whatever. I don't even know what it's called. And um, that's where his body it's in the church. We would have it in the basement of St. Mary's Church in New Haven, and we would visit his his uh, the tomb, um, his where his body where his body is in the church. So I've always had a close connection to him, and he's now I suppose a blessed from Connecticut. So yeah, homegrown. Uh-huh. That, but yeah, always been close to him. Yeah. Excellent. Father Galbert, who do you remember which saints you asked? Yeah, um, there's a third. I remember the third, but two is uh, Catherine Emmerich. Uh, and then, uh, uh, Maximin Colby, uh, who I was doing a, his, uh, devotion to our lady that week to oh. the consecration. So it, it, so I was like, I gotta call him, gotta call him. Perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. See, you, you were lucky because even though there were six of you, you got three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there were three of us when I got ordained and we only got two. Shame. Uh, I, and, um, you know, and I made the mistake the first year of not checking with the other two guys of who they were. Going uh, to be. I had put in, which for me, I mean, you know, John Paul II would, would always be the first one. But I didn't realize that someone else was already putting him on the list. So, uh, but uh, for priesthood, I, knowing that John Paul II was going to be put in by now Father Peter Adamski, um, I, uh, St. Thomas More and Blessed Columba Marmion. <laughs> You know, if if I could have had a third, I don't know who it would have been, uh, but uh, you you guys got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having that, that third. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that I felt at my ordination, and I want to see if it was similar for you guys. Um, and I'm just gonna warn all the listeners out there: don't don't expect this to be profound. Um, <laughs> it's not that kind of feeling. Uh, but I remember after all was said and done. Right. You know, in a way, like, yeah, we get our first mass formally that we're the principal celebrant at is on Sunday, the day after. But we are con celebrants of the of the ordination mass. So um, I don't know about you, but I felt like I didn't belong up there yet. <laughs> yeah, because we go to so many ordinations as a seminarian, yes. right? Or even as a, even when we're deacon and all of a sudden, okay, it's like, OK, I'm not like ontologically I'm, I'm very different than when i walked in but, an hour and a half yeah. ago. but like I'm, i don't feel very different i mean i'm dressed a little different now because i have the vestments on and my my hands you know smell funny because of the chrism but as you're standing around the altar you almost feel like this is not yeah like someone's gonna <laughs> tell tap me on the shoulder and feel like you really can't do this yet um I, that was my feeling i don't know if that resonates oh, yeah. with either of you um <laughs> oh yeah actually i was looking at father the floor across i was like now, right? Now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we extend our hands. It was interesting because, yeah, do we do it now? This, this yeah. way? Yeah. yeah. Um, we've been we've been practicing mass, <laughs> practicing mass at the seminary. Um, we had to film videos for classes so the seminary can ensure we're saying mass correctly and so on and so forth. And you're always saying mass, either, either practicing by yourself or with a few people, but I didn't practice 
or I totally forgot about the concelebration fact. Yep. Like, as a, yeah. Like, and then you're up there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised that I'm here. And I was like, yeah, I like, I know what to do, but I just, it just, it just totally escaped my mind because then, then you're there and you're like, oh my gosh, here I am. Like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> And then you skip a word. He's like, wait, wait, I got to go back. Wait, <laughs> I mix yeah, it's, like, it's not valid now because I didn't say a word, even though there's 80 other priests here and two bishops, but it's not valid now because I didn't miss the word. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, remember, I remembered what to do. It was fine. We all got That's right. That's right. So words and, you know, yeah. And yeah, so it, it, I felt like kind of an imposter at the, at the time. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and then at the end of mass, uh, you give your first blessing to the bishop, which is a beautiful moment because I, I think, um, you know, this this man who, and I think one of the benefits in our diocese in particular is that Bishop Caggiano is very close to his seminarians. Um, it, it, it means something to him personally that he's the one who puts his hands on your head, uh, literally, like the, the, the fact that he, he takes that very seriously. So to get, be able to give our first first blessing to him, um, but then after that, after mass, uh, you know, you all stayed in the church cause it was pouring rain. And so along the altar rail gave first blessings probably for at least an hour, I would imagine or so yeah. afterwards. Um, most commonly starting with your parents, if they can fight their way through the crowd, uh, so to speak, but there's a beauty really there too, right? So there's the profundity of being able to bless our parents and, and all those kinds of things, but you know, to be able to have com people come to us. And in the midst of them offering their congratulations, we also, we respond, like our gratitude to their congratulations is an act of priestly service, mm. right? So right from the very beginning, there is no just, I, I don't ever get to just sit back and enjoy it in a sense, like from the, like you're working, mm. right? Those <laughs> blessings mean something now, like, you know what I mean? And so what was, what was your experience like giving your first blessings to the bishop, to your parents, to your family, and then just to general people, you know, who would, who would come in off the street? What was that moment of really your first actions of priestly service? What was that like for you guys? I kind of go fall back to what uh, Father Forty said just a while ago, when you're standing at the altar during the Eucharistic prayer for your ordination mass. just didn't feel like, like I'm a bit of an imposter. I was like doing, you know, blessing everybody going, you know, I was like, is this actually like, I know that I'm doing this. Like, I know it works, but it just still doesn't feel like it actually works. <laughs> like it was, it was still after, after a while I got used to it, but the first few, I'm like, am I doing this right? Do I have the right words? What am I doing? Like, but it was, it was, it was moving with my parents. Um, I was very, yeah, I was very moving. They did work their way through the crowd. Thanks be to God. Um, but it was very moving to give them my, my blessing first. Well, not well, after the two bishops, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, like same thing. And, uh, uh, blessing my parents, I got to bless my parents at the reception. They, they, they there's no way they were make it up. They tried and I'm like, ah, they're like, they forget it. We'll, we'll come back later. But, um, but yeah, it's just like, really, this is okay. All right. Uh, I'm just gonna let the Holy spirit do his thing. All right. I don't feel anything, but, you know, but blessing uh, the bishop was like, just to see him kneel down for a blessing, it's just like, you know, aside from him and all of us, there's a reality bigger than him and me and all of us that he recognized the gift that has, that is, he's a, he's an instrument and he's receptive to that, to that gift as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I remember a um, little aside story that the first time I think I really realized I was a priest, like really realized it, um, was a couple of months later. Um, I was out of town for a friend's wedding and wanted to go to confession. And so found a local parish church that had confessions at the time that worked for me. So I went to confession and, and I'm telling the priest, you know, that I'm, I'm a newly ordained priest because you're supposed to tell people that, right? You're supposed to tell that you're a priest in confession. So it was a face-to-face uh, confessional. And this is a guy I've never met in my life. No idea who he is. And I'm not even in clerics at the time because I wasn't, it was just kind of getting ready to, to actually get back on the road to come home. And, uh, at the end of the confession, he takes off his stole and hands it to me wow. and says, wow. Father, will you never hear my confession? Wow. And that was the moment where I really realized, <laughs> you know, and I think, there, and the reason yeah. I say that story is because I think that's the analogy of, of what you were saying, Father Galbert, about like, you know, you realize like, no, wow, this, even though it may not feel like it, there's something here, right? There's a reality here to my priesthood that's instantaneous. As soon as you receive the gift of ordination, mm-hmm. it's there. And so um, the fact that the bishop kneels before you to, to receive that blessing um, is, is a really powerful uh, statement. Right, right. What that is. So, um, you know, and then you guys are off to the parties, uh, which I, again, I had the opportunity to stop into, uh, to both your receptions, which were wonderful, wonderful, joy filled, uh, occasions with so many good people and priests yeah. and, and family and friends, um, which is wonderful and joyful and, and a beautiful thing. And then Sunday, it all continues. Um, and it probably in some ways reaches its culmination, which is with, the celebration of a priest's first mass or, um, you know, in some other words, you, you hear a mass, a solemn mass of thanksgiving, because really that's what it is, right? You're, you're giving thanks to God uh, for the gift of priesthood. And so um, what's, um, yeah, Father LaFleur, St. Anne's Parish, you grew up there. Um, so many good things have happened to you in that church. Uh, some challenging moments that happened in within that parish and, and community that had you know would have had an impact on your formation and things like that. Um, so, what was it like to return to that altar that you had served at countless, countless times in your life, um, and and now offer the sacrifice of the mass there? What was what was that like for you? Uh, it was certainly surreal. Um, the parish still like even going to the rehearsal Thursday. Um, before uh, the first mass, everything going back to the church that, like, I've not been able to serve there even as a deacon or a, a seminarian in a while because of my other assignments uh, and other responsibilities. So, like, going back there and walking into the sacristy that I spent so many years in um, and knowing everything's still in the same spot, which is very helpful, at least for the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's still, it's still the same church. It's still like nothing's been. Um, but it was surreal. It was, it was also very beautiful because I was I was baptized. Everything I received all my sacraments there. Um, and then just actually give thanks to God in that that space. Uh, it, it was it was beautiful, but certainly it's surreal. It's still it's still it's still setting in um, what happened. But yeah. And Father Galbert, you you are you sang mass at the high altar at one of the most beautiful churches uh, yeah. around at the Basilica of Saint John the Evangelist, surrounded by priests and and a, and a contingent of seminarians. Uh, what was what was what was your experience of celebrating the Eucharist for the first time? It- truly in every sense of the word surreal like it was beyond it was just yeah i uh, just yeah served there since um since 2003 but came been going to that parish since 1997 
11 years old, and here I am, 37, I'm at that same sanctuary offering the Mass. Uh, it, there's no words, uh, just really powerful, and just to be around all the people that I grew up with, to see them there, because uh, Father Pacino had announced it, and some people just came through and just to represent and to support. It was beautiful, so many priests and servers, it was great. Yeah, it, it's 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 it is it's it's like a buzz. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I remember the one thing I remember profoundly from my first mass was after I had elevated the host for the first time, and when I and just I was emotional. I'm, you know, I, and we all share this, I think, which is that we can come across well, but I think all three of us are really just big blobs of emotion uh, when it comes <laughs> down to it. Um, <laughs> And I was and I was starting to tear up a little bit at that time, and I just remember kneel, you know, when you genuflect after elevating the host, and I just remember very, I said like out loud, quietly, but out loud, Lord, don't let me lose this. Wow, you know that awe and wonder <clears throat> of the first mass, and you know, speaking of being giant blobs of emotion, it, the first mass, which really, it, I think it's beautiful that the entirety of ordination weekend culminates really in this one particular moment, um, which is for those of you who, who may not be familiar with the tradition uh, of this is at, during the rite of ordination, after you've been vested, uh, the priest's hands are anointed with chrism and the bishop uses a lot and our bishop really uses a lot. Um, and you, you, you obviously your hands are dripping with, with this oil. Uh, so your hands are then wrapped in this white linen cloth, which most of us usually get something specially made for the occasion, um, that you then go into the sacristy. That's where priests, they, they disappear for a moment if you're watching the ordination. And they take the same cloth that wrap their hands and they wipe the excess chrism off their hands. And now it's stained with the chrism, both in terms of physical, but also the scent of the chrism, which smells very beautiful. And so you typically put it in like a Ziploc bag or something so it maintains uh, the scent. Um but the tradition is, the long-standing tradition is that at the end of a priest's first mass, he then gives that manitergium to his mother. And the tradition is that she will hang on, she will hold on to it, and she will be buried with it um, so that when she stands before Jesus and he says, you know, what have you done for me? She can hold that up and say, I gave you my son to be a priest. And he'll say, great, come on in. <laughs> And that has always been the tradition, and, and I think beautifully a new tradition has emerged um, in more recent years, which is a gift to our fathers um, of the stole that we wore when we when we heard our first confession, which usually doesn't happen long after ordination. I mean, for me, it was maybe a couple hours somebody asked uh, to, to have their confession heard. So um, I, I think it's, it's fitting that the Mass wraps up with that, which in many ways wraps up the ordination experience. So we'll end kind of our conversation talking about that. Um, that moment of getting up to the ambo and doing your general thank yous and all those other things. And then both of you, I know, participated in that tradition. So Father Galbert, what was it like uh, to hand over those those really beautiful, profound gifts? Uh, yeah, um, to be honest, that morning, I wrote the, that morning and it's uh, balling. And I'm like, I'm good. I got it out my system, but I'm fine, you know? Yeah. And I get up there, oh my goodness, uh, it was just like really, because you're thinking about that moment, the words, is like when, when you die, you know, you will say my, my son shared in your priesthood, it, it just, yeah, you just can't, you just, yeah, 
Yeah. Father LaFleur, there was no hope for you. <laughs> I heard. You were fine. I the heard. Moment you got up to the I heard. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was, it, was, uh, it was rough in that sense, but it was beautiful. Yeah, I, my one prayer through the Mass was to not, there were a few moments I had to catch myself to not cry like during when I was saying a prayer or um, even during the beautiful moment of elevating the Eucharist, um, which is very profound, but I just didn't want to become a wreck uh, at those moments. Cause when I, when I cry, I cry. Like there's no like in between, it's not just a little trickle. Um, so I, I made the announcement saying, everybody's welcome to the parish center uh, afterwards for light refreshments. And then from the first thank you, which is just a general thank you to the people, I was a mess. And then I finally got to further down the list to all the priests are present and then to my mother uh, and to my father. Um, yeah. yeah, it was very, very, very emotional. It, even what uh, Father Galbert said, I was writing the that because my mass was later than Father Galbert's, like three thirty. So in the morning, I was writing the thank yous and uh, almost couldn't finish writing. I, I texted him that morning. I said, "Get ready," because I'm already on mess right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they yeah, don't they don't prepare messy. you for that in nope. seminary, uh, <laughs> not at all. But I was. No, and, and I was the same way. I mean, I, I was all right for the beginning thinking like the servers and, and all that kind of stuff. But it was it was like thinking ahead, like, oh, gosh, when I get to my mother, <laughs> this is not going to go well. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, which and thanks be to God. You know, I think um, it's important for people to see and visibly how much this means to us. Right. And how seriously we take it um, and how much and I think in that moment, too, how much we recognize that it's a gift to be a priest and it's a gift that is not ours alone. Right. And as much as it's something that we share and we receive for the sake of the people that we will serve, it's a gift that we receive because of the people who have served us, mm-hmm. because of the priests, our family, our friends, in a very particular way, our parents, um, who are most often the ones who give us that first gift of faith, um, you know, to recognize that we don't receive this gift in isolation. Um, We'll receive it because of others and we receive it for others. And uh, it, it's transformative. It means something uh, to all of us. So um, my dear fathers, my dear brothers now, uh, it is, it was so excited to, to see this day come for the two of you, for all six men who were ordained, um, on Saturday. I want to thank you for your time today, for, uh, spending a little bit of, of your, your ordination week and the, in reliving, uh, so to speak, what happened just a few days ago. But I think it would be, I think it's going to be good. I think for, for those who listen to the podcast to, to hear what your experiences, uh, we're like, and, and I look forward to, again, having both of you back um, uh, at some point individually to talk a little bit more about who you are and uh, your vocation stories. So any final words of wisdom or uh, any last thoughts you want to share with those who might be listening today, Father Galbert? Well, um, you know, if you're discerning, uh, stay open, keep open, uh, because it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful call already. This, this grace, this week already has been such a grace filled. It's worth it. Persevere and pray for your kids. Where if you're, you know, you think your kids have vocation, pray. Uh, um, yeah, that's, that's my word of courage. Thank you. Father LaFleur? Uh, for all those guys out there that are worried about taking the jump, just do, just it. do it. Uh, you'll hear more of, in the future about, you know, Father Galbert and myself. Ferry had a much longer road. I had a much shorter road before entering seminary, but we both dealt with that 
that uncertainty of should we do it, should we not do it, just do just it. Just do it. Um, and then everything will, then you'll learn. Then you'll, then you'll figure it all out by God's grace. Um, and yeah, persevere. It's worth it. Amen. All right. It's worth it. We have to laugh when we hear that because that's a phrase we hear. Uh, <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. Okay, it's worth it. It is. It's, it's absolutely worth it. So again, thank you to Father Angela Floor. Uh, if you want to uh, kind of catch him in action, so to speak, again, St. Mary's Parish and Bethel are the privileged people who will ha- have the, the gift of his first years of priestly ministry. Father Ferry Galbert. Uh, St. Joseph High School in Tremble, St. Lawrence Paris, Parish in Shelton. Uh, personally, I'm very glad because both are pretty close to me. Uh, so uh, I will imagine uh, some many dinners and things like that will happen yeah. uh, for the three of us yes. uh, in the not the future. So again, thank you for joining us. Congratulations. Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you. My pleasure. So again, thank you for listening to another wonderful episode, a very special episode of A Priest Forever. You can find us again on YouTube, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like more information about the priesthood, you can email us at discern at bridgeportpriest.org, or you can visit us online at bridgeportpriest.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bridgeport Priest. Thank you all very much and may God bless you. Take care. Yeah, bye.